Merry Christmas. Welcome back to another podcast. Today we're having a conversation on uh, the book of Acts, chapter 12 and 13, Peter's imprisonment, his miraculous uh, escape because of an angel and some processing that goes on. So thanks for joining us. Have a great Christmas. This Christmas episode is brought to you by Ghost Peppers. Vegetables. Hot peppers. Farmers. Red and green for Christmas time. Have you, what's Christmas the hottest pepper. thing you've ever eaten? Spiciest thing? That's a good question. Yeah, Scott, you lived in Texas. Well, Greg Texas just, doesn't have hot things. Greg just so has a good, a good story for his, but Scott, yeah, what about you? I mean, I've had some of the insanity sauces and stuff. Ketchup? Ketchup's pretty hot. I like really spicy. I like spicy food. <clears throat> I don't necessarily like competition hot. Mm-hmm. We we would do back when you were when I was you were in youth group and I was a youth pastor. Yeah, back when you were my <clears throat> youth pastor. I wasn't actually. Insanity but, sauce is one hundred eighty thousand Scoville units. But that was That's we, not too bad. We would do a a chubby bunny night, and we'd step it up every time, and so we did. Where you put the marshmallows. Right, right. Uh, we would do Dope. marshmallows dipped in ketchup. Was just looked like a... Like Yuck. you just got a terrible boxing accident. Sure. Um, yeah, that's bad. And, and then, then we would do the insanity sauce. You dip each marshmallow in insanity sauce and put it in. That's all yeah. gross, I guess. It all was... Terrible. I saw a chubby bunny with atomic fireballs. Yeah, I've done that too. And when they were spitting it out, it just looked like... Oh yeah, their mouth was wrecked. Fireballs feel all red. They can feel hot. Yep. Is that spicy? What is that? A spice? Cinnamon. Cinnamon. No oh, cinnamon. But it's You're like favorite. artificial. Yeah, but that's different than a chili spice. It's the most overrated of the spices. I do like some good cinnamon. I love cinnamon. I know those are great. You get cinnamon in all your sandwiches: breakfast, it. lunch, <clears throat> dinner, whatever. He puts cinnamon, cinnamon on his burgers. I love yeah. cinnamon on burgers. Uh, it's cinnamon and weird. chili. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Zach, yeah. so what was your hottest thing? Um, I'm looking everything up on Scoville, so we're I did. Oh boy. I did the blazing wings at Buffalo Wild Wings like back in college, just because I wanted to, and that was, those were pretty hot. I don't know how hot they actually are, oh, but yeah. three hundred fifty thousand. Not super hot. So a hundred thousand more than Scott. Uh, I had. <laughs> there was a Thai place at Seven Corners called Chai's Thai, and I went there with a friend, and this is in college as well, where I was like, I loved spicy food. And I asked them, I was like, could you make it as spicy as you as possible? And they're like, oh, no, we can't do that. I was like, yeah, please. And they're like, are you sure? And I thought it was going to be okay. Oh, it didn't taste good. It was. I took a big bite at the start, <clears throat> confidently. Do you think they were laughing at you in the back? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they were watching because then the foolishness was very evident. Joy was with me and I was... Did you finish? Yeah, I ate it all. I was <laughs> red, red, red in the face. I couldn't hear. My eardrums were swelling. Ooh. I, wow. I don't know if it was hot, how hot it was, but I did at a Mongolian bar- barbecue place one time. It was just... <clears throat> reading apparently was not important. <laughs> but just like, you know, scoops of... When I went to the... Uh, you know, you put your meat, you put mm-hmm. your... Beans, bro. How get... many good ones of those around here, do we? I don't think so. I've I love ones since I was in high school. And they are I... pretty cool. Anyway, I put things. a couple of scoops of each of these different spices on there, and I saw some of them had, like, hot written on it. So I was like, whatever, two or three scoops. 
And then after I had a bite of it, I realized that it was, one, it tasted terrible, but it just was so hot. I went back up to the, whatever, counter buffet line, and and it said, you know, like on the print, it said, exercise caution, use very sparingly. And I was like, scoop, scoop, scoop. That's it. Wow. It didn't, it didn't taste good. It just tasted terrible. Rich, what about you? A uh, buddy of mine in Kansas, I just told the story a little bit ago, but went to the barbecue place and got the barn burner burger. And in the meat, they put like, it was like habanero juice sauce in the meat, and then on the meat, and then in the cheese. And the flavor was good for two bites. And then it burned. And then it burned. <laughs> so it was very hot. Yeah. I don't know, yeah, the habanero is something. That's my favorite pepper. It's tasty. It's a very good pepper. It's much better than a jalapeno. Correct. Yep. Greg, I've heard your story, but what? You gotta tell it. How, the hottest thing you ate. Did it burn your bar? <laughs> well, we went to this. <laughs> we went somebody to a barbecue sauce. Uh, like this. It was like a hot sauce store. Across. I sh- my first sign should be that it was. The sign is that it was across the street from a Bass Pro Shop. Bobass. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you can say that on the podcast. You can. That, when I, <laughs> That's what we were talking about before we started no, recording. I, oh no. I when Sorry, I was in college, I worked at <clears throat> at Jiffy Lube in the same town, mm-hmm. and about a mile down the road of Sunshine from Bass Pro, and people would come in every day, and they would. I know. Quite seriously, would say. We're the pro bass. Yep. Yeah. This was pre GPS. <laughs> we getting close to the pro bass. Yeah. Yeah. Pro bass, Jeffy Yeah. Anyways, we were in there, and the guy was. We thought we were cool, young twenty-year-olds, trying to be. So we were talking to the guy about hot sauces and stuff, and we were acting like we liked really hot things, even though I had no comprehension of what really hot actually meant. Yeah. And so this guy's like, well, I got something you want to try if you really like hot stuff. And we're like, yeah, we'll try it. And so he takes this bottle. From behind the counter? Yeah. He takes this <laughs> bottle and a toothpick. And he puts the toothpick in the bottle. And he pulls it out. Then he grabs a napkin. And he wipes off the toothpick. And I'm like, there's no way that's going to be spicy. He just like wiped it all off. And he, so he handed us each one. And he's like, just lay this on your tongue. And he laid it on our tongue. And I <laughs> don't even have words to communicate how much my face lit on fire like every part of my face was just just from my eyes from my nose everywhere just sopping just like dripping (laughs) trying to get this to stop we ran to the back and like he had a coke machine and so we started just taking coke and drinking them trying to find see he was a very nice guy or feared legal action because we did sign something I would have I would have that should have been another second sign. You know those yeah. Tostitos scoops? Yeah. I would have just gone. I didn't really... I mean, I've had hot... I had hot, had hot soft stuff at that point, but it was always like a part of a meal, and so you're always like, oh, this is really hot. But this was like not even edible. Like, mm. it, it, it was like chemical in my face. Was, yeah. it the, was it the gift that kept, kept on giving? That one was 12 million. Yeah. On the Scovo. Well, because it was like pure capsaicin, the chemical. I think it was 98% pure capsaicin. Yeah, the chemical is used in pepper spray as well. Yeah, and I think pepper spray is like f- six. Yeah, 
is very... You can die if you have too much pure capsaicin. Well, there's a there's now a new chemical that's spicier than capsaicin. <gasps> yes! That, that has actually killed people. Yeah, point like 0.5 grams or something like that yeah. can kill a human. Yeah, like... It, it's like a hundred million on the scoville unit and it just your body just shuts down it's a neurotoxin but it but tastes why? tastes so good I don't think it's actually allowed to be used in food but it's a natural occurring thing in somewhere in the world <clears throat> and if you eat the fruit or whatever it comes from and it's a bad day it's naturally occurring in uranium you'll be burning for the rest of your life hmm. yeah so ever since that, I'm much more hesitant to eat hot things as I once was. Yeah. So peppers. Off into axe. Off into axe. Which maybe if you had that that spice, you would wonder if you were dreaming or not. <laughs> good one. Could, there could be a point. Good, good transition, Scott. Uh, boom, boom. You you made win it. transition. <clears throat> <laughs> here, here, Peter is thrown in jail, and an angel takes him out. Scott has said multiple times that he wishes Peter just died in jail. Yeah, talk well, about that, Scott. Why? What's going on there? Wh- Why do you want Peter to just be dead? Not dead, just still in jail. Oh, <laughs> just still in jail. <laughs> I mean, Peter is dead. <clears throat> I, I just Peter think, is dead. I think it's. The this narrative is not a promise that if you're in jail or persecuted or hated or face a hard time, it's not a promise that an angel will come and walk you out. So if everything sucks, I shouldn't hope for it to get better. And you can have hope, but it shouldn't be tied to it being getting better. <clears throat> I, the, again, I think the it's danger might not be the right word, but it can be dangerous to have an assumption. It says in the Bible that when you face the hardest day, that God will spare you or fix it. Yeah, that's not in there. What's that? Does it say that? <laughs> Does it really? Yeah, no, that's it doesn't say that. <clears throat> but that can be the can be the assumption, or that's what can easily be communicated. Because well, when we think about hope, it's easy to think having hope means things have to go good. But I, yeah. the, what I come to is like, what do, what does having hope mean? I think it comes down to what we're actually hoping for or hoping in. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Doesn't it have something to do with like perspective too? Like, framing. I feel like when you're in the midst, yeah, framing. When you're in the midst of like the worst, then you can't really see far outside of that, and so having your hope can be bound up just in your micro circumstances. Versus like, for me, there is there is actually hope that God does fix it all right but it's like this much more macro perspective of it which is easy to lose when life sucks yeah without the without the hard stuff we would all be really soft too (laughs) i just mean like going through the like the the macro of it looking back on it it's hard to see out of it and see the good in it in the hard right away but then the macro of it is it is better it is we better. Are better like the I mean you could just look historically the trajectory of humanity I've I don't know you could you could trade your what if you could trade your life now or the richest person in the world a thousand years ago I think most people would pick their lives today 
Yeah, it, it just I was reading an article the other day that that the like France had the era when the wealthy of the wealth when all the chateaus were being built all over mm-hmm. the wealthy of the wealthy um, while they lived in these massive things and compared to a one bedroom apartment here you'd say oh I would definitely be want to be that that king or that that royal authority or whatever it would be but the thing is is that they um, those places were cold and hot and every meal was could be your last because of cholera because of yeah. you uh, think COVID is bad <laughs> <clears throat> yeah um, it just they they were constantly dealing with you know this water looks pretty clean <laughs> yeah and well, it, it, everybody wanted to kill everybody and yeah yeah, yeah. but if, thinking about an era when you would if you could you would build big walls around your place it wasn't because they were you know neat because <laughs> they were needed yes mm-hmm. yeah 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 and so the but on on kind of the other side of that is that um, pain hardship challenge trial if if we only celebrate the like the being delivered from it as opposed to celebrating the growth that happens in it we really miss something and generally the most people's story of when they have grown or been challenged or really um, moved farthest forward has been under great great pain or suffering or hardship. And that's true not only as individuals but as culture. You know, we've um, technologically, we make, have, historically, we've made massive leaps in technology every time there's been an intense war. I'd say when, when there's hardship and desperation, you move forward, and when there's not hardship or desperation, it's very easy to wallow where you're at. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah, and we're culturally we. It's never appropriate to say more than ever, but we definitely celebrate okay. A lot, <clears throat> and well, okay is good because you know okay is middle class and okay is nourished and okay is housed, and uh, those aren't bad things. But also, um, there's an expectation of being okay inside and out and in all circumstance and everything. And, and uh, if you're not okay, then it's because God is judging you or hates you or has given up on you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Most, I would say, near 100% of all of people alive today are better off than people who were alive 100 years ago. Or 1,000 years, yeah. When you get into... <clears throat> water and sanitation yeah Minneapolis was known as the city where horses bellies dragged in the mud every spring and so just because the, just like the river or the, the it, wetness just because every spring when the snow would melt the, oh, that's, sure. I mean Minnesota's muddy anyway and so Mud's downtown so Minneapolis in the 120 years ago uh, they really celebrated when they built like uh, five blocks of boardwalk because once you got off of that, it was just mud. and Because Minneapolis is basically, a, historically, was a swamp mm. along the river. Yeah. Throw some logs in and... 
<laughs> Throw some logs. What are you saying? In the river. A swamp along the river. There was big logging back yep. in the day. So yep. just I can just imagine Here? these like yeah. horse drawn carts trying to get through mud. Mud. <clears throat> I don't want that. I'll take today. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, Thank you very yeah. much. It is interesting. There's like a lot of really seeming like narrow paths or ideas and all this. Like when we think about hope. Yes, we want to have hope, but then it can quickly turn into we see it wrong and things go poorly and then we're left feeling whatever. Uh, whatever, just... Now I've lost my thought. Uh, but just the... Hope. hope. I don't know. Just, it, I think... It's in our nature to grab onto ideas that can quickly turn sour. Like they're really good things. Hope. It's a really good thing. And I can quickly take hope and start hoping in things that I don't need to be hoping in. Or um, I can quickly look at situations. When I'm, when I'm in the midst of a, a hard situation, I can yeah, be hoping to get out of it. Or when I'm in the good times, I can quickly forget to be thankful for the good times and be judgmental of other people in their hard times or think that I'm somehow immune or not susceptible to in like having hardship come up again. It's just interesting that we do that as people. Yeah. Quickly moving from things, forgetting <clears throat> things. X, one, two, into three. There's this uh, utopia picture starting to be formed. They all were in one heart, one mind. Massive numbers of people are turning to Jesus and it's beautiful and then uh, Ananias and Sapphira are this start of the change or the turn and here we are in chapter 12 <clears throat> and it's got to, like to Peter in his heart and his mind remembering <clears throat> Pentecost and going coming out and uh, the people questioned them and Peter gives this message and thousands of them were added to their number that day that has to feel like a billion years ago, as Herod is arrested by, or Peter's arrested by Herod, uh, their partner, uh, James, the brother of John, had just been put to death by the sword, and uh, they just got done, you know, they, 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 what we looked at last week, they had reached out to a bunch of, Paul and Barnabas had been discipling Gen, <clears throat> Greek Gentiles, and, and, uh, there was dispute and fighting about that, and it just everything was becoming a train wreck. And Peter, to a degree, Zach, you talked about this several times. Peter seems to be have a degree of contentedness as he's sitting there in jail. And suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared, and a light shone in his cell, and Peter uh, was walking out. Quick, get up! I bring Let's you go. good tidings of great news. Yeah. And. Then, again, this is this moment of deliverance. And, and we're going to talk about <clears throat> you know, the complexities of being opposed and the complexities of uh, what is happening. But um, Peter could have thought in this moment, wow, it used to be so good and this was the bottom. At least I, at least I got set free. But really in this, the big picture, Peter, <laughs> things didn't get easier or, or, again, externally, perception of what is good or bad can be skewed. So you could say, for thing, for Peter, it actually got worse and worse and worse. Yeah. Mm. Isn't it true, though, that, like, the path to anything better is usually requires a lot of struggle and pain and sacrifice? Like For sure. 
I'm sure when when uh, someone has a baby, I don't think it's an easy process, but things are better and rich in your church planting journey. I, I'm sure there are things that suck and are hard. Yeah. Uh, but that doesn't mean that the whole thing's bad. And yep. that's what like is so beautiful about this story is like the chaos keeps bringing getting brought up, but when you would think this would derail the the entire purpose, it's like reinforced over and over again that despite all of that, good things are still happening. Yeah, that line in verse number twenty four is that the word of the Lord is still succeeding, still succeeding, still growing, still spreading. Yeah, yeah. And so, if we think about Acts being a embodying of the Great Commission, this at one level you could say, oh no, it's, as you read it for the first time or as if for the first time, you go, well, it's, <clears throat> this is really falling apart. People are being arrested and killed, and it's, what a what a bummer. And because it's all up to these people, and it's, I don't know where God's at. And then the thing that they really realized, the thing that they really saw, is that even in the midst of hardship and the biggest train wreck, which is such a beautiful perspective to have on life, as you say, oh, if only we were better people in a better circumstance... Maybe God would do something. But uh, here in this hardest moment, the word of the Lord, Jesus is thriving and growing. Yeah. And it is interesting with going back in time, you know, again, another place where something good can quickly become weird. You know, looking back in time, we see that people had less access to comfort, things I'd say. So sometimes life hardship was just more common I think about the comforts I have day to day now and someone my age uh, even in Minneapolis a hundred years ago might have been dead from cholera I don't know if that's right timing I don't know when cholera was even around but just like the hardship that comes through life it's so nice that you don't have to worry about it yeah seriously yeah, I don't, I don't care I don't have to worry about it the hardship that comes through life though can lead to a deep moment of need and when we think about faith, that um, maybe some of this narrative comes from people at the cultural moment, they had deep moment of need. And it can quickly put me into a mindset of like, oh, that just means I have to go seek out suffering, right? Which mm-hmm. I don't think is the key no. either. But it really does interest me that uh, there is something tied to suffering, pain, hardship that grows us, as Greg, you were talking that. I think it's got, I mean, the best moments and seasons of growth typically come through hard, not easy. Things we would consider bad or difficult, not usually things that we would consider fun or easy. And so while I don't want to go hunting for bad things, I also want to be open to what are those seasons for me right now? What are they going to be? Am I open to experiencing them or am I doing everything I can to try and avoid pain or suffering Mm -hmm. in my life? Because we go back to um, Peter here and even back a few chapters to Stephen's death, the, yeah, the level of contentment that they carried, I think they only could have it because of the level of experiences they'd already been through. Yep. They had had bad, they had had good, um, especially Peter. I mean, just, just a dumb guy. Made a lot of <laughs> bad decisions, and Jesus was really with him in a lot of it. And to go through that and then to come to this place of, all right, now I'm in prison. Uh, I don't think he would have had the responses he had if he hadn't gone through what he had first gone through. So I wonder for myself, what are the things that are facing me down right now or us as a community that are facing us down? Are we running from them? Are we embracing them? What are they? 
and, and in that, realizing that, um, you know, while the commission is being lived out while Jesus is, is, you know, we are an important part of that, and that being an important part of that is not just going to be coasting downhill. It's going to involve some challenges and embracing embracing the growth that comes in those challenges or just embracing those challenges is not necessarily being a son of your curse. Yeah. It's a good challenge. It's, uh, as we keep going in Acts, it actually continues to get a little bit more messy and messy and messy. And uh, the encouragement of that is that it's not a moment where, where we would say, great, Jesus left and it all went crazy. But rather, it's a moment where, wow, things got crazy and Jesus still was being uh, transformative in people's lives. Yeah, that's good. See you next week, guys.